don't know if you can tell from appearance or maybe the surname, but you've got a, um, oh. a personal connection. Oh, yeah, sorry. Do I put this in Thank you. Um, Jason, you've got a, uh, a personal connection to the UTS. Uh, do you want to tell us uh, what or who that connection is? Well, I suppose this is a bit of reverse nepotism. Uh, it's, uh, my daughter is involved with Frida and uh, Patty. So, uh, yeah. And she, she kind of plans these special plus events as well. So hence, hence the... Uh, Just happened to fit the bill. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, do you have any... Um, stories about Patty that, that you feel that we need to know that we don't already know or well I think I dished out on her at her twenty first. Yes. So uh, I think I'll keep it polite. Okay, uh, so <laughs> uh, um, but uh, Patty has been a wonderful support uh, to uh, particularly my wife and uh, myself in different ways uh, because my wife is uh, physically disabled. And as I uh, just praise God that as she's getting older, uh, she's finding different ways to be of uh, physical but also emotional support uh, to her. Um, actually, I, I know that Patty raised about uh, you and, and your wife. Um, so what's, uh, <laughs> um, what, what, what's the cool thing about being a parent? Not, not many of us in this room are parents. So what, what's one cool thing about being a parent? Uh, I am a musician uh, since I was a kid, and so I've, I found one of the, uh, the great uh, things about being a parent, uh, but also one of the challenges, is uh, when, things, uh, when things work, when, you, uh, when you're just, you feel, especially when they're little, like things are just mechanical, uh, but you're also talking to them along the way. I mean, even the Bible says, train the child up in the way that they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. And I find that uh, things sometimes are in hindsight. That I just think, well, um, I, I can't remember those quotes. I can't remember uh, the general messages uh, that I was giving to, to Patty, or my wife was giving to Patty as she was growing up. But you'll just find there's a harmony sometimes, like when you're tuning a guitar. Um, oh, sometimes when your relationship is out of whack, that's like the guitar going boom. And then when a lesson that she's learned, uh, that she brings up later in life, or do you just see in your children's actions later in life, that sounds more like the boom, 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 boom. Like it's just going into tune. And I, I love that about them. What about uh, one excellent thing about being a Christian? Um, I, I would say that at its core, um, the, the peace of God which transcends all understanding. Um, the other, th other themes like uh, a, 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 an almost surreal situation uh, I love is uh, that uh, God uh, puts good works in front of you to do. It's not that, like um, you do something for good karma. It's like um, whatever you're going through in life, just keep following the Lord's way and little things will become clearer to you along the way. And his peace, uh, his strength. Uh, I went 
uh, I've been through some hellish nightmares, but um, the even the Holy Spirit even walked went with Jesus through his valley times, uh, uh, forty days in a in a valley in a desert in a wilderness, and I just find that peace that strength uh, is the the joy of my life sometimes. I love to have a joke with people. I love to have a laugh, sharing a story, um, but. Uh, even when that there is no opportunity to have a laugh or a joke, there's a, a joy, there's a peace in your heart that will carry you through uh, oh, some incredible, ridiculous situations. And the mountaintops are uh, euphoric, you might say. Yeah. Feel songy. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Thank you so much, Jason. Well, um, Jason's going to give his presentation now. Uh, there'll be a uh, song, a live song, after and then a brief opportunity to ask a few questions. So if a question occurs to you as, as you're listening to what Jason has to say, just hold on to that and you might have a chance to ask him afterwards. But how about I pray and then... Uh, Lord God, we give you so much thanks that we can meet here today to uh, hear about this uh, really difficult uh, but relevant topic of suffering and disability. Uh, thanks for Annie, thanks for Jason as they share uh, with us uh, through the things that they've learnt, uh, very hard things, but thank you also that um, already we have a sense of uh, your faithfulness, uh, the, the peace that comes from knowing you. Uh, please help us to, to understand and please uh, help Jason to speak uh, faithfully and clearly now. In Jesus' name, Amen. Shirley, who contracted polio as an infant and uh, now needs a wheelchair every day. Uh, polio is little known in Australia now, but basically it's a virus that attacks the nervous system and uh, renders the person with it uh, physically disabled uh, in different proportions, um, some of which I'll elaborate on later. Um, pardon? Oh, I thought this thing was plugged in. Yeah, but it's not a microphone, it's a recorder. You see, that's why I have my IT expert with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I myself was born with a mild brain injury, a cerebral palsy, as it's called. And this has affected uh, some of my physical ability. Uh, it's uh, given me spine uh, problems with my spine. And uh, there are different things like learning difficulties, especially one uh, I was much of your age. And uh, also some other things that I've had to deal with in life, which I've put down to calling faulty wiring over the years. I've told you that I have a mild cerebral palsy, but that wasn't diagnosed until the age of 20. And that was by a psychiatrist who read a large file that I had to pay $60 to the children's hospital to be released. As you can hear, I've forgiven them. Uh, I can't fully explain the relief of having been formally diagnosed uh, because much of my youth 
was splattered with physical and emotional difficulties and my high school life was an absolute horror to the degree that my dad physically removed me from the first high school that I went to where I suffered physical beatings and humiliation from students and teachers. Doctors had given my parents no clear indication of what was wrong with me and there were no special needs teachers back in the 70s and 80s anyway. I developed an anxiety and depressive disorder uh, into my teens, into my mid-teens, as there were also troubles within the family home during my formative years and I became homeless into my 20s after my parents' divorce. My parents' divorce occurred the same year that I was diagnosed by the psychiatrist with the cerebral palsy. I did have the support of several people during this time, including my psychiatrist, but I also had the wonderful support of a church pastor who was more like an uncle to me and then later to my wife than just a minister. Young people, just as a cruise ship turns by a series of degrees, and the captain can't just line it up between the bridge and the opera house and say, I think we'll whack it up in here. Sometimes things in life don't make sense to us. They can't make sense to us in a hurry. Sometimes things become clearer in life in a vision, in an instant. Sometimes things become clearer over time. Sometimes with hindsight, your rear vision mirror of life. Sometimes things just don't make clear sense, as we've already heard today, this side of heaven. Certainly, kids, not everything can be made clear in this life and reasoned away easily in an Instagram message, a tweet, if that's what you call it, or a meme. So, I'm wondering, have you ever read or heard the life story of Moses in the Bible? I haven't got time to go over it all now. But as a child of a cultural minority, during a time of genocide, in a land he was born, his family planned his escape as an infant, just to be found by the daughter of the tyrannical pharaoh and raised in the Egyptian palace whilst watching his fellow Israelites literally slaving away. In an outburst of anger and in a time of confusion, he kills an Egyptian guard who was mistreating slaves and he does a runner. He runs for his life to a faraway land where he marries and has a family which is worth noting in a completely different culture. They were neither Israelite nor Egyptian. And uh, he wants to go and have a quiet life into his old age, tending to his father-in-law's sheep, roaming quiet hillsides. Roughly at the age of 80, though, God has another idea. Moses 
is wandering the hillside and he comes across a burning bush a bush that never seems to burn out and he understands that there's something mysterious going on he hears from God in a nutshell God wants Moses to go and rescue the Israelites with his help in his time Moses reasons Moses considered the difficulties that he had already been through the challenges that he would already been uh, already uh, know that he would have to face and he was also very conscious and anxious over a speech impediment that he had but we read that God assures Moses that he is the God even of the disabled the deaf, the mute and so on this is a passage of scripture which I can't expound on that little bit at the moment due to time but this is a passage of scripture that some people from the pulpit have misread and blurted out offensive messages to disabled people as if God willy-nilly just sprays people with disability for his own pleasure nothing could be further from the truth I hear God saying to Moses you do your job and I'll do mine and he says that to us still today when I was putting this talk together I thought of the Apostle Paul in the New Testament uh, who cried out to God that he, God would save him from this thorn in the flesh or another translation says a thorn in his side and uh, the Bible tells us that this saying, even this saying has been worked into the English vernacular uh, but we haven't got a clear indication was it a mental health issue the Apostle Paul was dealing with or was it a physical health issue but he did cry out to God that God would take it away and in a profound mystery God says to the Apostle Paul my grace is sufficient for you and here's a mystery that uh, we'll, we can work out with our journey with the Lord over time God even says to the Apostle Paul uh, my strength can be made perfect in people's weaknesses so back to Moses <coughs> who was with Moses God says I am literally for those of you who know the original name that God was uh, uh, using in the Bible Yahweh if you've ever heard that term Yahweh it literally means the great I am I am with you during a time in my life I've learned that splattered throughout the whole Bible are different assurances with the same theme where God says to us I am with you in a time in my life when I was moving 
frequently from job to job and unemployed frequently and moving house frequently, I was offered a course in assistant in nursing, working in the aged and disability care sector. The lady from the disabled person's job agency, she said to me one afternoon, politely but firmly, Jason, you're slow. Old people are slow. You like to talk a lot. Old people like to talk a lot. <laughs> I had worked with wheelchair-bound people in a previous job as it happens, so I thought seriously about it. And this is something that will come up in many of your lives. Uh, the staff from what is now called Centrelink, they made it known to the job agency that they wanted Jason off their books, out of their way. So this also encouraged me. Get off the dog. Now, uh, first, though, I thought that I was going to take up a life a career in music somehow. I had been a musician since the age of 10. I later went on to play with some unfortunate, uh, unsuccessful bands. And much later than that, I took up a course thinking that, well, maybe I should become a music teacher. I've been around it for so long. But in the middle of all this, I had this a uh, course in life, literally, to take this course as a nursing assistant. And a couple of years later, two years later, I did a counselling course with the Salvos that changed my life. This wasn't my dream job, no. But it felt the right thing to do over time to pursue this course in life. I was drawn towards it. Oh, I kept, I kept dreaming of my career in music. But as time went on, the opportunities became fewer to have a career in music, and they became more to work in the aged and disability sector. Nestled in my mid-twenties, I also met Shirley, my now wife, at a church lunch. There's also a hint to young unmarried people, if that's your thing in life. Go to church functions. <laughs> um, I remember thinking, as we grew to know each other, that she was a beautiful woman. Uh, I didn't need reading glasses at the time. Her eyes would hypnotise me during conversations. She was a wonderful conversation, very encouraging, a pretty lady. But I also thought, Shirley has a disability too and could relate with me on that uh, level of life. After a couple of years, we were married. And the following year, we had a beautiful baby daughter. <laughs> so, young people, this was beyond my dreams. Well, I always want to stipulate, follow your dreams, follow your dreams, you've heard that? I want to encourage you to follow your calling. God, what is my calling in life? Because a career in music was my dream. But this life was becoming beyond my dream. A loving, stable family environment. What a blessing. 
Unfortunately, at the age of 33, I had developed a terrible back problem. I mean, I was born with a curve in my spine, but I had developed this nervous disorder called sciatica, which is a nerve problem in your lower back, which at its worst can paralyze my legs, freeze them up. However, in my case, with ongoing physiotherapy, which I still have, uh, it can make me better again. My doctor at the time, though, said that I had to give away my nursing assistant role uh, with all its heavy lifting and try something else in life. Coinciding with my health problem, my wife's health issues got worse slowly and then in time more rapidly. From her limp to needing a walking stick. From her walking stick to needing a wheelchair. When our daughter was in primary school, a specialist at RPA Hospital had predict predicted that due to the effects of polio in adult life, my wife would end up in a wheelchair. Her spine would collapse like a concertina folder. Her joints and her legs would not be able to support her. Well, he predicted that would happen within 10 years. What a terrible prophecy. That was quite devastating news. And I'll never forget days just before Christmas 2013 when I was next to Shirley at Ikea. Her legs froze up and she couldn't walk. Instinctively, I went to the staff and asked to borrow a wheelchair. And as I was walking behind her, pushing her along in the wheelchair at Ikea, I had remembered the words that the specialist had said some years before, that she would be rendered uh, paralyzed and needing a wheelchair. Now, I understand that doctors have to say things in a matter-of-fact manner. But what that specialist said at the time felt like a curse to people living with disabilities. It was quite a shock. Naturally, I was deeply sad. And I remember one night at church, while everyone else was singing, I prayed out my confusion and anxiety to God. Whatever stage of life we are living through, in our Bible it tells us some 365 references, virtually one for each day, which encourage us, though, not to be afraid, not to live in fear. There is actually a Bible verse that quite specifically says to us, cast out your anxieties from here uh, to here to God because he cares for us unfortunately some people are taught as I was taught by certain people I grew up with that old Marxist idea that religion is the opiate or opium if you like of the masses the opium of the people. However, 
I can tell you now, I am not numb to pain. I'm not in denial of my own circumstances. And I have wept over my wife's progressive degenerative condition. In our journey though, I have found that the old saying, suffering can lead us to a bitter place or a better place, has come true because I have experienced both. But to paraphrase what happened that night at church, during my prayers, I recalled the words of Jesus, who says it in the Bible, but it's also now on my heart, that I am with you always. I will never leave you, nor will forsake you. There's that message again, from the Bible. I am with you. Who is with us? I am. One of Jesus' names that is referred to him, that we'll often hear at Christmas time, uh, is the name Emmanuel. Emmanuel in the old language meaning God with us. You know the hymn, Jesus our Emmanuel. It's a Christmas carol. So I've been caring for my wife for what is an official capacity of just under six years and for a few years longer than that. But it was only two years ago that I realised a lot of things that I learned as a nursing assistant but also in the counselling course from the Salvos have helped me as the husband and carer of a disabled wife. Now, things that a career in music would never have done. I always pray for uh, good health and for healing for my wife, but even if it does come or it doesn't come, I am not numbed by religion as some people would have you believe. I haven't had time to tell you the many challenges we've faced in life, but also the many blessings we've faced in life both uh, individually but collectively as a family together. As I was putting this talk together I also thought about something my mum taught me as a boy which I still use over 35 years later. Uh, she taught me to count my blessings, another old hymn uh, title, but that if you can't sleep at night, Mum taught me, say a prayer of thanks. Bring to mind all the blessings, all the positives God has brought you in your life. And do you know, during this time of prayer, I still fall asleep in the middle of my prayers because you're meditating on God's goodness. You're meditating on your blessings. I did want to give you the... Uh, the vibe, the ambiance, that I was some monk in a cave, but I do fall asleep uh, during prayers, especially when I'm meditating on God's goodness. Well, as I draw to a close, I want to ask you what might seem like a rhetorical question. What do you have? I don't mean a disability, 
or a health infirmity. I want to put it to you that everyone has a gifting, a talent, an ability. I was thinking over the time in the Bible where we read where Jesus was teaching and helping people in front of a crowd of many thousands on the hillside there are those hillsides and a lake on the other side and Jesus comes to his closest friends his disciples and he says at the end of the day let's sit down and have a meal his close friends are bewildered they're like mm, how do we feed all these people? A little boy, a child, approaches the crowd with just bread and fish in his hand. A small amount of bread and fish. And he offers it up. The bread, we're told, was made of barley. And this is significant because I, I read up that in that day and age, the barley bread uh, is the same uh, basis, the barley they used for feeding horses. Now, this is how meager the amount of food was. But what does Jesus do with it? As a mentor said to me when I was younger, let's go to the master. Jesus has the meager amount of food and he still says his grace. He still prays for a blessing over the meal. Well, we learn a miracle occurred and the multitudes were fed. If you are disabled yourself in some way or you are supporting someone with health problems or disability, I want to encourage you to take what little you do know and what little you do have and present it to God. Ask God what God can do. It might seem strange at first, but we'll see things happen. Will we see physical healing? Will we see the miracles? Well, there's a lot to unpack with that word miracle that I don't have time to share now. But what I do know is I know about God's love. And it says in the, the Bible, Literally, if you want to know about love, God is love. So, if you are familiar with the uh, chapter from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that is sometimes read over at weddings, we know that love endures and it bears with all things. Love hopes for the best in things. Love never fails. Disabled people need different types of support and I thank God literally that we live in a country that has a disability support pension and I have sensed sometimes the love of God through the support of other people but especially I'm talking to the Christian folk I'm talking to everyone though. 
the Bible urges us that whatever our condition in life, we can be of support to each other. Love your neighbor. Defend the cause of the orphan and the widow. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Heavens. There's even a verse in the Bible that says, Love your enemies. Can we bow for prayer? Oh Lord, I just pray and we pray together that you would help us to know you better each day regardless of the circumstances we are in. Please help us to be good neighbours and uh, to be helpful in our family situations and to be mindful and not flippant with our words around people who are suffering and living with disabilities. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.